are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Tiny Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more, and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that if you are interested and want more of us. And on today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we're going to be looking at how the team's bullpen stacks up against the rest of the AL West. And in spite of the negativity borne by Major League Baseball continuing its lockout of the players and canceling games, we're going to try to be hashtag positive on here and tell you some ways to still get your baseball and Mariners fix in this downtime. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. So this is our first show since major league baseball and Rob Manfred, the commissioner who don't even get me started announced that the first two series of the season has officially been canceled. Now that the, uh, the league and the PA were unable to hammer out a new CBA down in Jupiter, Florida, and Locked On had basically told all the channels that uh, we could use the press conference in our show today or clips of the press conference in our show today. We're not going to do that because uh, I don't want Rob Manfred's voice on, on the show. And I don't want to give any sort of time or platform to someone who laughs on the day that he has to cancel games. Just he is incredibly insulting and destructive and toxic for this game. And uh, everything that happened yesterday was an absolute disgrace. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's just say what it is. It's absolutely ridiculous that we're at a point here where the league who imposed this lockout is the reason that we're not having baseball continues and tries to manipulate the public into thinking that this is the player's fault for the players wanting to simply get a more fair deal and a fair and a more fair cut of the revenue stream to set things up better for the future of baseball for the for future baseball players and it's just absolutely disgusting that this is the point that we're at now where we're not going to have baseball for the foreseeable future we don't know when the game is going to come back. I'm still of the, of the belief that we are going to have a season at some point this year. But when that starts, I have no clue. And there's only one entity to blame in this. That's Major League Baseball. That's the owners. That's Rob Manfred. That's that group. That's that side of things. This is not on the players. Colby, you and I, we are formally making the statement here that anyone that is tuning in that may not know about us or who we're about we are absolutely 100% unequivocally on the player's side in, in this and for good reason kind of tough to say you love baseball while actively hating the players for trying to get not even what they're what they've earned like what they're asking for is well below what they've earned but um yeah you know we're not going to use this show to to spread 
what is essentially Major League Baseball produced propaganda. We're not going to read their press releases. We're not going to, you know, share what what Rob Manfred said. Um, if you guys want to hear that stuff, it's not hard to find at all. You can go do it. Um, but <clears throat> basically, we're not going to be a uh, a vehicle through which um, any misinformation is is spread um, that's coming from uh, you know Major League Baseball as was proven pretty much to be every single thing they said um, Sunday and Monday uh, was just misinformation um, because they don't want to mm-hmm. deal or they didn't want to deal. And uh, it's just painfully clear that uh, they didn't. And this was the plan all along. So uh, we're not here to, to, to try and sell the message that major league baseball wants you to believe, because quite frankly, it's amongst the stupidest messages I've ever heard in my life. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not going to happen here. So if you want the Rob Manfred stuff there, again, there's no shortage of places to find it. Um, YouTube would be a great uh, spot. They're probably talking mm-hmm. about it on any other locked on show or most of them at least. So, uh, <clears throat> there, there's ways to go find it, but, um, mm-hmm. we're just, not and I also want to say, I also want to say if you seek out Rob Manfred's press conference, Please also watch the press conference of the Players Association. Please hear what they have to say. Please yeah. read the tweets from the players. There have mm-hmm. been a lot of them. Please read the story that has come out from, um, I, I, I honestly, I, I apologize. I, I don't remember who it came from, but it, it, it was an interview with Ross Stripling, right-handed pitcher for the Blue Jays, who gave more insight into how the final day of these negotiations in Jupiter went. So please check that out. Please, if you are confused about how this situation has gone down, how this has all come about, please listen to it from the player's side of things as well. Because frankly, the players have been more open. They've been more upfront about it. They haven't been vague about how this has gone down. They have been straight up. Whereas the owners have been vague. They have been misleading. The reason why there was optimism in the first place that a deal might get done in the 11th hour was because the league had Bob Nightingale, who is notoriously been pretty owner friendly. He's a shill for Major League Baseball and the owners. Let's just call it what it is. Sure. Let's do that. Let's do that. Him, John Heyman, Jim Bowden, those three, it's kind of the holy trinity of shills for major league baseball Mm -hmm. and he was the reason why there was any optimism because he tweeted that there was progress being made which there was progress being made just nowhere near enough nowhere near enough that anybody reasonable would have said oh yeah they there could be a deal done Mm -hmm. in the next you know 20 out 24 hours or whatever as the players explained they were still incredibly far apart on several key issues Probably the three biggest never issues. Changed. Yeah. Yeah. And that had never changed. There was yep. no shift in tone as the league wanted you to think there was from the player's side. There was none of that. There there was no sense of a deal getting done that night that Nightingale tweeted those things out. There wasn't. Mm-hmm. Because if there was, the Major League Baseball's best and final offer, quote unquote, that they gave the players yesterday would have been a lot more reasonable, would have been a lot more in quote unquote good faith, which the league has never acted in. Nope. 
than it was yesterday. Yeah, the final best and final offer is a joke. It's roughly, I don't know, seven percent higher than where they were in their very first offer. That's not in good faith. The players have come down on literally everything. Um, and the owners have gone up by about, like I said, seven to ten percent max on their end. It's it's a joke. Um, Major League Baseball owners do not care about you. Um, they don't care about baseball. And um, I will say that in general, the reaction of the internet, except for the uh, troll bots that Major League Baseball is clearly uh, bought um, and hired. Um, I don't know if you saw that, but like the same exact tweet was sent out like all within like five seconds of each other from like a thousand different um, <laughs> accounts. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, aside from that, the, the direction, even from, you know, like chills have been like, yeah, you understand why the players said no to that or you, yeah, the players should have said um, there, there's definitely been a, a tone shift here. Um, and Owners again counting on what they the same reaction they got in '94, just not going to happen. It's not the climate of today. Uh, people are smarter; mm -hmm. they have more information, um, and we're decidedly more pro labor than we were um, in the early to mid '90s. So, yep, it's it's uh, it's all blown up spectacularly uh, in their face, and unfortunately, we're the ones that have to uh, take the shrapnel because that's just mm -hmm. the way society is set up for us. So. Yeah. The reason why you don't have baseball, the reason why the Mariners are not going to open the season later this month against the Tigers, the reason why they're not going to have their subsequent second series against the Angels at home, it's not because of the players. It's because of the owners. It's because yep. of the league. They never came to the table with a legitimate offer. And interestingly, they have shown a willingness however, to move off of some of the things that they said that they had no willingness to move off of. So the players are right in making this stance and, and standing their ground and waiting this thing out as they should. Because this is what, what's better for the future of the game. While it sucks right now, this, if the players are able to eventually work out a deal that better benefits them, this ultimately benefits the game at the end of the day it's better for the game it's better for the players coming up in the future mm -hmm. what else can we do during this time when there is no mariners baseball when the team that we all love and follow is not playing we're going to be going over that in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by betonline.net Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. And from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. And just a reminder to check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts just like us. So what can we do during the downtime while the season is locked out, while the players are being locked out by the owners? What can we do until opening day eventually, hopefully, comes around? Well, thankfully, we still have minor league baseball. It's going to be happening. Opening day for AAA is on April 5th. And unfortunately, we will not be able to see guys like Julio Rodriguez and Alberto Rodriguez, Matt Brash, because they're a part of the 40-man roster for the Mariners. So technically, they're a part of the Players Association and therefore locked out by the owners. But... There's still plenty of exciting prospects on the Mariners farm that will be playing next month. And they're already in spring training right now, getting ready for the season. So we're talking about guys like George Kirby and Brandon Williamson and Emerson Hancock and Harry Ford, Nalvi Marte, a lot of guys, the rest of minor league baseball, their opening day is April 8th. And you can watch all of those games via MILB.TV. So, that's one way to get a Mariners to get your Mariners fixed to watch, you know, the best farm in all of baseball, at least considered by uh, considered to be so by Baseball America. Colby, there's also another way that people can get their Mariners fixed and prepare for the draft to prepare for the bolstering of this great farm system even further. Mm-hmm. I know you have been watching some college baseball and you have some guys that you like ahead for the draft. Uh, who are some of those guys and who are some teams that, that our listener here can, uh, can check out over the next couple months? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the early returns on this draft is that um, it's actually pretty, pretty solid on college infielders um, and high school prep arms seems to be where a lot of the, the depth and the talent is in this particular class. Um also a pretty good class for college catchers, which is pretty nice when you look at the Mariners' current system. Um, they're not going to draft for need, but um, when you look at college catchers, you're talking about like Kevin Parada of Georgia Tech, who might prop, might be a first baseman, but still a shot that he could stick at, at, at catcher. He can really hit. Logan Tanner of Mississippi State is a very good catcher. Uh, Daniel Susak of Arizona is, is a very interesting catching prospect. Um there are quite a few guys. Uh, Hayden Dunhurst from Mississippi. Uh, you know, like it's just it's a pretty good class for for catchers and shortstops slash second baseman, um, which is nice for the uh, for the Mariners if they choose to go that route. Um, if you're looking for teams, uh, I would recommend trying to watch as much Arkansas uh, Arkansas Razorbacks baseball as you can get. Uh, Robert Moore is probably going to be a first round pick. He's a second baseman. Um, you look at, uh, you look at guy, uh, Peyton Pellet. He's a right-handed pitcher, probably a second rounder, but you know, could make some sense at 21 if he pitches well. Um, so could Caden Wallace, who's their third baseman. Um, Arkansas is pretty loaded up. Um, uh, Vanderbilt is always a really good spot. Uh, a lot of great baseball players come from Vanderbilt, uh, Carter Young is an interesting name. He's actually from Washington. He's from Selah, Washington. He's their shortstop. He's right now projected to go around uh, somewhere between 20 and 40, which would put him right in the Mariners' range. Um, so that's something they could do. 
uh, as well. Uh, Florida State has a pair of lefties that are interesting, Bryce Hubert and uh, Parker Messick. Um, they probably second rounders right now, uh, but there is certainly room then for room for them to kind of jump up um, into the late first. And if you're the Mariners, those are guys that maybe you save some money on. Um, so yeah, it's like I said, it's a pretty good class. Um, most of the talent, again, it's it's in it's in the SEC, which not that surprising. Um, but uh, yeah, Texas, Florida schools, uh, they're they're going to have a lot of the talent. That's just the way it works. Um, Mississippi State is a really fun team to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Logan's uh, sorry, uh, Logan Tanner, as I mentioned already, the catcher, uh, and Landon Sims. That might be the best battery uh, in, in the country. Uh, those are two guys who are probably going in the top twenty. So. Mm-hmm. Not a great chance they they slide to Seattle, but a non-zero chance. So, a lot of really good baseball going on. Um, there's even some some pretty good uh, quality baseball happening in the uh, in the Pac-12. Um, you know, Susick mm-hmm. is from Arizona. Dylan Beavers is from California, or well, he plays for California. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Brock Jones is probably a top ten pick as of right now. He's in he's at Stanford. Uh, there's a lot of of really good. Uh, you know, teams to mm-hmm. watch. There's a lot of really fun prospects to watch. And heck, even if you want to go all the way down to the high school uh, ranks, uh, Ian, Ian Ritchie Jr. Uh, in Bainbridge is fascinating. He's probably going to be a first-round pick. Uh, he's committed to UCLA, which is a great school. He would make a lot of sense for the Mariners um, at 21 mm-hmm. if he even gets there. So it's, it's mm-hmm. actually a really good class in terms of, you know, catchers and shortstops and pitchers there's quite a bit of talent even in the pacific northwest or the northwest area in general mm-hmm. out in the pac 12 there's uh some a lot of guys with local ties in this draft like it's it's a pretty fun year to start paying attention to college baseball and uh in the draft um while we wait for the uh the situation to work itself out and i'd be remiss not to mention nc state and yeah. tommy tanks not draft eligible, but yes. Not draft eligible, of course. He's a freshman, which makes the year that he's having even all the more incredible. The dude just hits bombs mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I think he's at 10 now. Um, and then obviously you got your boy, Luis Ramirez. <laughs> yeah. Tell the folks about Luis Ramirez. Um, you know, 95 to 98 with a sinker uh, that looks a lot like Sandy Alcantara's sinker. Like it's, it's, it's a hard sinker. It's a dirty sinker. Um, shows a pretty good slider, uh, in his first start, um, through a ton of strikes. He actually went, uh, toe to toe with Landon Sims, who I mentioned earlier and, you mm-hmm. know, straight out, out, straight up out pitched him. Like it, it, it was insane to watch. Um, he's a, he's a guy right now who has some helium certainly. And if he's, he's going to sit 95 to 98, the rest of the year, he, he has a shot to be a kind of a, a first round pick, a late first round pick. But I, I think he's probably going to end up settling, depending on how the rest of his year goes. Probably in the second, third round would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if he continues to pitch like he did uh, in his first start, uh, and, or even if he just shows the same stuff consistently over the year, he's going to be a very interesting name to look at um, when mm-hmm. you get to the... Uh, 
when you get into the the 20s range i think is where he starts to uh to have a market but again as of right now he's probably a third round pick still Mm -hmm. all right so whenever this season gets started the mariners are going to have a pretty good bullpen we think we're going to talk about how it stacks up against the rest of the division the al west in just a moment but real quick reminder this episode of lockdown mariners is brought to you by built bar this is the time of year that i've pretty much given up on all of my new year's resolutions that is but not this year i'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to built bar and it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because i actually enjoy eating them now all built bars are covered in a hundred percent real chocolate they're low calorie high in protein so replace your candy bars with these they are better a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many amazing flavors they have to offer. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Mmm, just sounds so good. Now, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com. This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, whereas with Rock Auto, it's only $216. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right. So Colby, the Mariners have Paul Seawald, fantastic find by Jerry Depoto. Drew Steckenrider, fantastic find by Jerry Depoto. Casey Sadler, another fantastic find by Jerry Depoto. Diego Castillo was acquired at the trade deadline. They got Ken Giles coming back from Tommy John surgery. They signed him last off season with the intention of him helping out in 2022. They just signed Andres Munoz who can throw in the triple digits to an extension. They got Johan Ramirez. They got Eric Swanson. They got a lot of interesting guys in this bullpen, which ranked near the top of the league last year in efficiency. So where do they rank in the AOS? Are they the best? They are, and I'm not sure it's close. Um, You you look at the American League West bullpens. uh, Texas is a joke um, because it's incomplete. Um, Oakland's is bad, and it's probably going to get worse. Um, Mm -hmm. So those two are out. They're bad bullpens, um, at least on paper. And again, the obvious caveat is, is that we're handicapping bullpens. 
which is basically most impossible. volatile position group in all of baseball. Yeah, like it's, it's basically impossible to do this. Uh, but based on what we have right now, um, you know, the rosters that we have right now, it, 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 I would say that Seattle's is the best, and it's not. It's not close. Um, yeah, you just look at not only the top end guys, but you look at the depth. Um, you look at you look at you know, for example, Houston's bullpen, right? Ryan Presley might be the best reliever yep. in, in the division. If you want to do say that, mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue with you. Fine. Um, sure. But they what is Hec- Hector Neris? Solid. Solid. Right. Uh, and then Ryan yeah. Stanek, pretty good. And then. Phil Matten. Yeah. But yeah. Like, yeah. It's fine. So they're four mm-hmm. deep. The Mariners might be seven, eight deep, and we're not even talking about guys like Matt Brash, Brandon Williamson, uh, who might have to be in the bullpen to find their way to the big leagues this year. So yeah. Um things are uh <laughs> I said things are looking really good for the Mariners bullpen. You look at the A's mm-hmm. bull or the Angels bullpen, it's basically Rizel Iglesias. And then a whole eighteen lot of million dollars reliever, by the way. Which is more than the Mariners, which I think is twice as much as the Mariners bullpen entirely. Um <laughs> see that's I wonder why the Angels yeah, can't it's like seem Castillo to win. and Giles, those are the only guys actually making money, right? Uh like second riders are two. Uh second riders are two, but it's probably gonna be like two million bucks most. So um mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think the Mariners are spending about nine million dollars on their bullpen this year. So yeah, you wonder why the Angels can't win. It's because they do stupid things like spend eighteen million dollars on the bullpen for one guy and then try to fill in the gaps. So yeah, it's not close. And honestly, this might be the biggest uh this might be the the biggest gap between number one and number two um, in any of the the position breakdowns we do here. I, I think the, the gap is sizable mm-hmm. between the Mariners bullpen yeah. and the Astros bullpen. Um, and it has uh, again, it has more to do with just the depth and the quality of of the Mariners relief uh, relief core. And I'm even baking in you know regression for Sadler, Seawald, Steckenrider. Um, yeah, and th- and that's what I was gonna say as well. Here is that even if they do regress, I still don't think it's close because yeah. they have so many fail safes. There's so many other exciting arms here. You know, like Ken Giles being possibly the fifth guy in this bullpen. That's ridiculous. Even though that I I don't think that we're going to get the, you know, we're not going to get prime Ken Giles. And we talked about this on Monday. Someone uh, Jake Qua asked us ab- about how we feel. Giles is going to bounce back from his uh, from his injury, but like the fact that he's still like you have Ken Giles as your fifth guy behind Diego Castillo and Paul Seawald and Drew Steckenrider and uh, Casey Sadler, like that's just absolutely ridiculous. And you have someone that has such a high ceiling like Andres Munoz and Johan Ramirez seems mm-hmm. to have figured some things out as well. Like that's a lot of fun. Talk about Johan Ramirez. I know you love Johan. How can he take that next step? How could he be a bigger part of this bullpen? She's got to throw a few more strikes. Um, he took huge strides uh, uh, last year, and, and the stuff is <clears throat> Yon Ramirez might have the best stuff in the Mariners' bullpen. And, mm-hmm. again, you look at the Mariners' bullpen and the stuff that they can throw at you out of that bullpen, that's really saying something. Um, Johan yeah. would be the second-best reliever right now 
uh, in the Angels bullpen, and he would be the best reliever um, in either the Rangers or the uh, or the A's bullpen right now. Um, and that's even accounting for how raw he is. But yeah, he has to throw a few more strikes. Like I said, he took huge strides. Um, he went from a 21% walk rate to a 10.5% walk rate. 10.5 is still above league average, so you want him to be closer to that ideally 7 to 8. Um, but yeah. even at 10.5, you know, his strikeout rate was you know 30, 30.7%. Uh, the stuff is nasty. He just has to throw more strikes, be a little bit more consistent. We even saw the Mariners use him in high leverage situations last year, and he, he was very good. So, um, like I said, Johan, the fact that Johan is like battling for a for a roster spot in this bullpen come opening day, that tells a lot about how deep this team is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Eric Swanson showed a lot last year too. Uh, and again, we're not even talking about Matt Brash, who. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he has the stuff to be a high leverage reliever, not and and one of the better ones right now. And we're not even talking mm-hmm. about him yet because he's going to be a starter, at least to start the year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the Mariners bullpen is it's anybody who tells you the Mariners don't have the bol- best bullpen in the American League West, they're lying, or they're projecting way beyond what's reasonable. Um, but again, keep it. You're, we're asking who's the best right now who is going to be the best like at the end of the year I don't know bullpens are that volatile yeah but coming into the year as everybody's bullpen sits right now the mariners it's the mariners and everybody else yeah it's the mariners the astros then the angels then probably oakland and then texas and oakland and texas yeah. are far behind so let three, me ask you this before we hop off here with all of this said and obviously, you know, there's no doubting what Jerry DePoto can do in identifying relief talents mm-hmm. just in the minor league free agent market, et cetera. He's done it with Paul Seawald. He's done it with Casey Sadler. He's done it with Drew Steckenrider, et cetera. But would you also like to see them maybe add someone uh, not, you know, in the $10 million, $8 million, even $6 million range, but maybe someone in the three to four major league contract range? I don't like this, like the the vagueness of that question. I would like specifics, but um, okay. So, like a, a Colin McHugh type. These probably well. I think he would probably make more, but in a you know a sped up free agent period, maybe he doesn't. Um, yeah, I would yeah. definitely add a Colin McHugh type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, by the way, to give the Angels some uh, respect and why they're ahead of of the uh, of the A's and the Rangers. Mike Myers is okay. He's pretty good. Um, and they did add Aaron Loop, who is interesting. Like, I bet you forgot mm-hmm. Aaron Loop signed with them, didn't you? I did, but <laughs> honestly, we could pro- we could probably do a game sometime this week where it's just like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna name a player and I'm gonna tell you what team he signed with in November, and you're gonna tell me whether I'm lying or I'm telling the truth. <laughs> So I'd be like, like Aaron, like Aaron Loop, the Angels. When I, uh, when I saw that Dylan Bundy is signed with the, yeah, uh, with yeah, the yeah. Twins. So I'd be like, Dylan Bundy, Minnesota Twins. You'd be like, no, that's a lie. And I'd be like, that's, that's actually true. We could probably do that because it's been so long <laughs> since we've had a transaction of any kind. So, um, but yeah, it's to me, it's the Mariners, Clear Divide, Houston, uh, Anaheim clear divide oakland texas like it's Mm -hmm. it's sizable gaps between those tiers for me um and again 
at the end of the year, could the Mariners have like the fourth best bullpen in the division? Sure, it's it's possible. Um, but as things sit right this second, it's the best and it's not close. Yeah. They just they have too many options mm-hmm. right now to be bad. So even then, like yeah, things can happen, but it's just when you have that many quality arms and have the potential to add more, I just don't foresee them being worse than second. Maybe I third. Be, I'd be pretty like, surprised. They, it's, it's possible that they could be worse than the Angels and the Astros. I don't see them being worse than the, than the A's or the Rangers, really, under most realistic circumstances. I mean, it's some kind of disaster where they have to sell some some of their bullpen guys would be the only sure. scenario. And even then, it's like they're probably still going to have like, you know, they still need relievers to get through the year. They're probably still going to have Andres Munoz and Ken Giles and, um, you know, Johan Ramirez. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's this this might be the only area the Mariners have the lead, like you know, in in terms of this position. Breakdown. This yeah. might be the only area where the Mariners are better uh, than every team in the division. But um, you know, it's a good spot to be pretty good at, though. Yeah, it's it's like having an elite special teams, like not just the punter and the kicker, but the kick returner. It's yeah. can change the tide of games so fast. And I mean, it was one of the main reasons that you were as good as you were last Probably year. Probably the biggest reason. Frankly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like without the bullpen, you are not a 90 win team. An average bullpen for the Mariners last year, they're like a 78, 79 win team. Mm-hmm. Like at best. So, yeah. I mean, there were like quite literally multiple games last year where they straight up put the team on their back. Right. I mean, what was the Mariners record in one in one run games last year? Like insane, like thirty-eight and yeah. twelve or some something like well, that. Well, that's also why you saw them do what they did with a negative run differential. Right, they were yeah. winning a lot of yep. close games and losing mm-hmm. a lot of blowouts. <laughs> yeah, the Mariners went uh, thirty-three and nineteen in games decided by one run. Yeah, in twenty twenty-one. Uh, yeah. It, yes, and, the, it, uh, and and that's a and that's a complete credit to you know guys like Kendall Graveman and and Paul Seawald and Drew mm-hmm. Steckenrider and. Uh, eventually, Dave Castillo and, and Casey think about Sadler. That for, yeah, we barely even talked about Castillo, but think about that for a minute. Yeah. The Mariners traded Ken, Kendall Graveman, who at the time was probably their best reliever, second best mm-hmm. reliever behind Seawald, and they got better. Yeah, <laughs> like the bullpen got better after he left. Mm-hmm. It's just that's how yeah. that's how deep it is. So, and yeah. the bullpen got better this offseason without any additions to it. Ken Giles, like out, being, yeah, coming like, back. Eh. Technically an addition, but like Andres Munoz coming back, yeah. you know, or like that's mm-hmm. like that, that, yeah. that's something that's something. So yep. that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on lockdown Mariners for Colby Pat note. I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez is D A N E G N Z L Z and Colby at C Pat 11. That's C P A T one one. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day locked on bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you on Friday. Peace.